0: Let's paint the scene for you. What's up with me today? Um, It's raining. It's beautiful out. Beautiful skies yesterday here in Washington State. Lots of fall weather. Colors are orange. Colors are yellow and red and dead. And I love it. Um, Or almost dead. It's great to be almost dead if you're a tree, isn't it? (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, Very windy. Very, I mean, just as cozy as you could get the world to be. That's what it is here. And I'm so happy that I live in Washington State. It's just incredible. What else? Setting the scene, letting you know how I am. I'm not showered. I'm still in my pajamas. It's 10 a.m. I have been up since 8 a.m., so don't worry about me. But I'm not, today wasn't one of those days where I woke up vibrant. I'm very tired, very much fighting a nap, but already I've been up for two hours and I need a nap. I'm not going to take one though, because I want to get tired enough to see if I can do lights out at 10.30 tonight. Last night, I maybe maybe I need more than eight hours. I don't know, I went to bed at midnight and that doesn't seem to be enough for me. So I'm still figuring this out, but I will say this whole thing about, as I've told some friends, having a morning routine is changing, honestly, everything for me it's changes my mood I'm happier I'm much more productive Um, I am not fitter (laughs) I I did do okay I did Monday morning I did take a walk before anything before even coffee so that was amazing I can't believe I did it I was supposed to do it yesterday I plan on doing it Monday Wednesday Friday and I failed I failed you I failed I don't know Tony Robbins I failed anybody who told me that exercising isn't that hard if you just agree to 20 minutes of it. I don't know. It's also been raining like really hard every morning. That doesn't mean I couldn't have gone out. I love walking in the rain and I could have done something else. Anyway, the point being what I'm trying to get at is having this set morning routine, forget about the exercise, the other stuff I've been doing, has made me just kind of be more on top of everything. Little things that I thought I would never kind of be able to tackle like a normal person, like just doing laundry when you have to do laundry without making it a big deal and having to put it in your day planner. I'm just like, okay, I walk by a washing machine about 50,000 times a day. Just take the clothes in there and do it. And then the next time I walk by, put it in the dryer. Then the next time I walk by, just fold the shit up and put it away. You know, a lot of this has to do with my mindset being like, it's no big deal. But I think I've had this certain level of immaturity about regular adult stuff for a long time. <clears throat> and I'm learning just how ridiculous and flawed I've been about it. I make everything a big deal. When it's all pretty practical, you know, you just do it. Back to the Nike ad that came from Gary Gilmore, the serial killer or two-person killer. It, it Just do it. Just do things. If it's on your mind, just do it. Even my shop right now is kind of just do it. I had so much shit that I have made for no good reason, just because I love making stuff. I cannot sit still and not be making stuff. So why not sell it? What am I doing? Like, let's give it to people. Let's sell it to people. I have been giving away. I think, I, I think you guys know that I do give a lot of this stuff away. <clears throat> and I will continue to sometimes, you know, gift things to people randomly, which I love doing. I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but honestly, I, I wish I could just, that's all I had to do. I wish I was independently wealthy and all I had to do is just make things to give to people because it's so much fun for me. And I guess that's what I did all along as when I was a little kid, you know, I mean, that's that that was the thrill I got from having whatever natural talents I have towards making art stuff. I would just thrill I would get so much of a thrill and finding out about my friend, whoever they are, and knowing what they love, and then making something that relates to that. Um, in a weird way, that's just kind of all I've ever done. So, it feels really good. And I, okay, so the shop, sorry, the shop will be opening either next Thursday or Friday. I think I want to make it Friday the 13th, but I've decided I'm going to let you guys, the podcast listeners, know first. So... When you see a bonus episode drop, that's going to be me saying, the shop is open, y'all. And then you guys can have first dibs at everything because I love you guys the most. That's all there is to it. Um, another thing about the day planner, my priority planner that I use, I've noticed that I can't spell very well anymore. Um, you know, and I write I I handwrite a lot of things. Probably more than the average bear. The you know, I I write on my drawings, I write in my notebook all day, but I'm doing it even more lately and I'm noticing because a lot of the longer things I have to write on emails get auto spell checked that I I've forgot like I I have to think about spelling certain words way more than I ever used to have to do. So um, that's just a note to say, work that brain, work these muscles up here in the head, you guys. Write things down. I think writing things down, in fact, I'm about to do a whole program on it um, with the Toledo Museum of Art. I have a show opening there very soon, I think next week. And, um, well, it's not just my show, it's a three-person show, which I'm really excited about. I'll tell you guys more about that next week when it opens, but... Um, yeah, and I'm going to do a program for the public there, virtually. Um, sadly, virtually. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm gonna. It's going to be about the importance of paper and pencil, pens, taking notes, sketching things, not on an iPad or a you know computer or whatever. Like really using these really basic tools for brainstorming and possibilities and lists. I mean, it's proven. It does a totally different set of things for your brain and I believe for your heart and for other people's humanity to see it. It's a totally different thing. Anyway, um, let's do quickly recommendation corner. I don't, I mean, I always have a million things I wanna recommend, but this one, So I was running out of this dumb old oxy pet stain remover. I have carpet in half the house. I have a cat who has a lot of hairballs. So, I mean, I'm talking, I have to pick up a hairball almost every day. And it drives me crazy. And it's always at the least opportune time. When I'm about to relax at the end of the night, I step in a hairball. Or right when I get up, before I've even, like, I've barely opened my eyes, I step in a hairball. Now this pet stain remover, Oxy something, never worked. It drove me insane. It took me about forty minutes total of actual labor getting stains up of, from carpet or rugs. And so I did some little research and some little research, and I found that uh, pet stain remover that everybody loves is called Rocco and Roxy Pet Stain Remover. I think it's also an odor remover. Yeah, that's what it's called. And Rocco and Roxy, highly recommend it. Get on there. Get it if you have pets and they throw up or they do other things. That's the best. I'm telling you, I went from like 40 minutes of cleaning one stain to about three minutes labor. That's it. I got to get on Amazon or something and and review them. Um, Oh, I'm holding a stuffed animal today while I talk to you. And it's a tiger and it's humongous. And it its name is Brad Because my mom I told my mom My mom loves stuffed animals I love stuffed animals And I got this new one And I told her about it yesterday And um, she said or, or I can't remember Somehow we were talking about the name Because I love naming animals Stuffed animals, real animals What It's one of my favorite things Any chance I get I want to name something um, And I always pick boy names For some reason And I always pick Like, male, even if it's for a girl, I pick a male name, and I always pick kind of regular names. Like, here are some of my cats. Kenny, Henry, Marty, Frankie, um, Thomas was a dog I had, Uh, Harry was another cat I had, Toby was another cat I had. So, I was going to name this tiger Tito. A little more expressive than the other names, but I loved the name Tito for a tiger but then my mom comes in in fact I wasn't even telling her I was gonna name it Tito I just said look at this cute tiger stuffed animal I got my mom comes back into the text message chain and says name him Brad like immediately she just knew this thing's name is gonna be Brad and it's so perfect so Brad the tiger is in my arms and I wanted to recommend whether you're an adult okay this has been a rough week for a lot of people right this is a crazy ass week <laughs> it's really crazy um so <clears throat> I needed some comfort and I love stuffed animals. So, and I love using stuffed animals as pillows because they're not as big as a pillow and they fit in your neck. It's just perfect. So I ordered from Jelly Cat. If you guys want a stuffed animal for your kid, a special stuffed animal for your child, for your grandchild, for your niece, nephew, whomever. But I really recommend it for yourself. Pick out a jellycat stuffed animal. They are softer than a cloud, they are the perfect pillow. And I don't think there's any shame in having a stuffed animal in your arms as an adult. I've been known to drive around with stuffed animals in cars as an adult. Sometimes if I'm doing something hard, I will put a stuffed animal, I will strap it in a seatbelt in the seat next to me. And I'm not ashamed. And my mom used to work with a guy who was the administrative dude at a school, a junior high or middle school. And he had a teddy bear who dressed like him every day and he put him in a little mini chair next to him every single day. And I never would make fun of that. I think it's awesome. I, I, I think, I, you know, I think other things are weirder to do that are considered totally normal. I'm not gonna name them for fear of, of upsetting you guys, but like, honestly, it's things like double dates, um, cocktail hour with the girls. <laughs> Those kind of things seem crazier to me than strapping in a damn stuffed animal in your car. So that's just my take. I'm just being honest. Okay, this is not a recommendation. I just remembered something. This is a question. Has anyone bought one of these moon pods that are always advertised online? It's like a... It's sort of like... It's a beanbag, essentially. But they look really soft. And I have ordered from lazy boy, a mini couch for my yarn room because I need somewhere to sit comfortably. And all I have is like this salon chair that doesn't have a back. It's pretty, it's really good for certain things, but I also need a cozy zone in here. So because of COVID and all this stuff, I won't get this couch, even though I ordered it a month ago, it won't arrive here until April. So, I was like, what can I do? Because this is really uncomfortable up in here, and I'm going to be in here a lot. So, I found, I, I thought about getting a moon pod. I have a bean bag that I use when I draw on lower areas of my big drawings, and it really works. So, that's kind of what I was thinking like, get a bigger one that I use as a sort of like a pretend couch. So, anyway, point is, has, have any of you guys gotten a moon pod? I used to have whatever those big, so oh god, what do they call those? Let me look this up. Remember those big round sofas? Um soft ball sofa. What are those things called? Oh god. Hold on. They, you know, like they they even had place places at the mall that you would the mall. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what they're called. Um, but I had a huge one. They're called like sack babies or sack bags or... Love sacks! How could I not realize that? They sound like they're talking about testicles. Love sacks. Okay, so, or I guess boobs? (laughs) I don't know. Probably people have called those love sacks. Rightfully so. So anyway, love sacks. I used to have the biggest kind you could get and it was so badass. You could like, I could have jumped from a third story you know, roof onto it and it would have been cozy. It was so fun. It was just too big for my apartment in Beverly Hills. That was the only reason I had to get rid of it. So love sacks. So I used to have one of those and I loved it, but I think those are too big. These um other guys, whatever they're called, the pods, moon pods, they seem more appropriate. Anyway, why what am, I don't know what this is like this is like the podcast version of 50 half-assed Amazon reviews or something. I'm sorry guys. I'm a little you know, it's just distressing. Everything's a little distressing right now. And I'm just doing my best. As I committed to you guys, even if I'm not in my, on my A game, which I rarely am anymore, I'm still coming in and talking to you guys. Okay, so today, remember, we're doing book recommendations for three weeks in a row. Here's another book I talk about a lot on here. Never have read from it because <clears throat> I just didn't know if it would be that entertaining. But, of course, the opening pages are so entertaining. So, anyway, Truman Capote in Cold Blood. What is there to say that you don't already know? Capote is a, you know, pop culture figure, so you probably already know about him. If not, look him up. Um, really made an impact on the world, and this book in particular, the best nonfiction true crime book I can think of. It's also kind of veers towards... No, no, it's not fiction. I don't know what they ever decided, but you know, a lot of these nonfiction books that are written like this, although Capote was probably the one of the first. Um, there's always debate about like, what, how did he really know that? Did that person really say that? But it doesn't matter because it's essentially the exact truth. Um, so anyway, highly recommend. This book is a vintage international. Uh, I will put a link in the description so you can buy it. Also cool thing that I found while I was looking through here today, my old copy. Um, oh, this is truly, by the way, this is truly one of the best books I've ever read. And I've only read it once so I was thinking... I was thinking about reading it again. If anyone wants to, um, hit me up and we do a book club for it. And even if it's just like, we do a book club and we check in every five days or every week with thoughts about what we're thinking about it, that'd be fun. So let me know if you're interested. Anyway, I printed this out, God knows when, long ass time ago, because it looks like one of these old, you know how things from the internet used to get printed out differently than they do now? Um... I'm having a lot of allergies. Anyway, 100 best last lines from novels. That's what's in here. It's from the American Book Review. January, February 2008. Okay, so not that long ago. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Is that 12 years ago? (laughs) Guys, this feels like yesterday to me. I'm so sorry about coughing. Let me just read a few just for fun. Here's a little bonus reading. All right, uh... Sorry, P.S. Sorry, I forgot to give you the mayonnaise. That's Richard Brodigan Trap Fishing in America from 1967. Ooh, here's, here's a good one. He was soon borne away by the waves and lost in darkness and distance. Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Uh, ooh. Go, my book, and help destroy the world as it is. Russell Banks, Continental Drift, 1985. I've never read that. Let's do one more. All that is very well, answered Candide, but let us cultivate our garden. Oh, I knew that. Voltaire, read it. Candide, love it. Okay, one more, cause this is fun. That's it. I'm just looking, I don't even know what this is. That's it. The sun in the evening, the moon at dawn, the still voice. Whoa, John Hawks, Second Skin. I have not read that. I love As I Lay Dying by Faulkner. Meet Mrs. Bundren. Dang. All right, well, 100 best lines from novels. I should find a way to share that with you guys. I wonder if I should do, you know, I'm setting up a email list. I wonder if I should do an occasional fun me reading stuff email list. Let me write that down because that sounds like fun, right? Where I can do, I can get submissions from you guys. I can do my own recommendations or, you know, qualifications about something I messed up on the podcast or Whatever. I mean, that'd be a fun way to highlight some things and highlight some listeners. But anyway, 100 last lines from novels, me reading stuff. Do you guys like it when I just take notes with you? Me reading stuff. What's that called? A newsletter. Speaking of newsletters, sign up on my website, robinoneal.com. You can go to the very bottom right, I believe it is, and you can sign up for my newsletter for, you know, my art life and my new shop. Okay, back to In Cold Blood. You guys are very patient. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for loving and, and hating and all of, all of the in-between stuff. So I'm going to read you the first part of the first paragraph. The village of Holcomb stands on the high wheat plains of western Kansas, a lonesome area that other Kansans call out there. Some 70 miles east of the Colorado border, the countryside, with its hard blue skies and desert clean air, has an atmosphere that is rather more far west than middle west, The local accent is barbed with a prairie twang, a ranch hand nasalness, and the men, many of them, wear narrow frontier trousers, stetsons, and high-heeled boots with pointed toes. The land is flat, and the views are awesomely extensive—horses, herds of cattle, a white cluster of grain elevators rising as gracefully as Greek temples are visible long before a traveler reaches them. Holcomb, too, can be seen from great distances. Not that there is much to see, simply an aimless congregation of buildings dividing in the center by the mainline tracks of the Santa Fe Railroad, a haphazard hamlet bounded on the south by a brown stretch of the Arkansas, oh, pronounced Arkansas, river, on the north by a highway Route 50, and on the east and west by prairie lands and wheat fields. After rain, or when snowfalls thaw, the streets, unnamed, unshadowed, unpaved, turn from the thickest dust into the direst mud. At one end of the town stands a stark old stucco structure, the roof of which supports an elegant, I mean, an electric sign, dance. But the dancing has ceased and the advertisement has been dark for several years. Nearby is another building with an irrelevant sign, this one in flaking gold on a dirty window, Holcomb Bank. The bank closed in 1933 and its former counting rooms have been converted into apartments. It is one of the town's two apartment houses. I just realized I'm not really speaking into the microphone. <laughs> cool. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, their apartments. Where the hell was I? It is one of the town's two apartment houses, the second being a ramshackle mansion known because a good part of the local school faculty lives there as the Teacherage. But the majority of Holcomb's homes are one story frame affairs with front porches. Down by the depot, the postmistress, a gaunt woman who wears a rawhide jacket and denims and cowboy boots, presides over a falling-apart post office. The depot itself, with its peeling sulfur-colored paint, is equally melancholy. The chief, the super chief, the El Capitan, go by every day, but these celebrated expresses never pause there. No passenger trains do, only an occasional freight— Up on the highway there are two filling stations, one of which doubles as a meagerly supplied grocery store, while the other does extra duty as a cafe, Hartman's Cafe, where Mrs. Hartman, the proprietress, dispenses sandwiches, coffee, soft drinks, and 3.2 beer. Holcomb's, like all the rest of Kansas, is dry. I don't know what 3.2 beer is. Um, And that really is all, unless you include, as one must, the Holcomb School, a good-looking establishment which reveals a circumstance that the appearance of the community otherwise camouflages, that the parents who send their children to this modern and affably staffed consolidated school, the grades go from kindergarten through senior high, and a fleet of buses transport the students, of which there are usually around 360 from as far as 16 miles away, are, in general, a prosperous people. Farm ranchers, most of them. They are outdoor folk of very varied stock. Very varied stock. German, Irish, Norwegian, Mexican, Japanese. They raise cattle and sheep, grow wheat, grass seed, and sugar beets. Farming is always a chancy business, but in Western Kansas, its practitioners consider themselves born gamblers, for they must contend with an extremely shallow precipitation. The annual average is 18 inches and anguishing irrigation problems. However, the last seven years have been years of droughtless beneficence, beneficence, beneficence. (laughs) The farm ranchers in Finney County, of which Holcomb is a part, have done well. Money has has been made not from farming alone, but also from the exploitation of plentiful national gas resources. And its acquisition is reflected in the new school, the comfortable interiors of the farmhouses, the steep and swollen grain elevators. Until one morning in mid-November of 1959, a few Americans, in fact few Kansans, had ever heard of Holcomb. Like the waters of the river, like the motorists on the highway, and like the yellow trains streaking down the Santa Fe tracks, drama, in the shape of an exceptional happening, had never stopped there. The inhabitants of the village, numbering 270, were satisfied that this should be so, quite content to exist inside ordinary life, to work, to hunt, to watch television, to attend school socials, choir practice, meetings of the 4-H club. But then, in the earliest hours of that morning in November, a Sunday morning, certain foreign sounds impinged on the normal nightly holcomb noises, on the keening hysteria of coyotes, the dry scrape of scuttling tumbleweed, the racing, receding wail of locomotive whistles, At the time, not a soul is sleeping, Holcomb heard them. Four shotgun blasts that, all told, ended six human lives. But afterward, the townspeople, theretofore sufficiently unfearful of each other to seldom trouble to lock their doors, found fantasy recreating them over and again. Those somber explosions that stimulated fires of mistrust in the glare of which many old neighbors viewed each other strangely and as strangers. Alright, so that is it. It's a masterpiece. There's no doubt about it. And yes, it's better. I think it's better now that I've had a chance to read um, the Executioner's Song. I'm going to vote. It's weird. I guess I would say, not that it's all about who wins, but I think I'm going to have In Cold Blood win because the only problem I had with Executioner's Song, and tell me if any of you agree, is... It, it started so strong. If it was the first half of the books that we were judging, I'd go for Executioner's Song. But the second half of Executioner's Song got so kind of pointless, pointlessly long. I love that it's a long book, but it got ridiculous. Whereas In Cold Blood is not even that long of a book. It's like 350 pages tops. So it, it, it and it has everything you need. It has, and it's. It has economy of, you know, language or of plot points, and it, it does, I don't know. Anyway, that's what I'm going to say. So if somebody, gun to the head, said, which true crime book should I read, In Cold Blood or Executioner's Song, I'm going with In Cold Blood, which is why I'm reading it to you guys today. Oh, that's the end. How are you guys? What's new in your life? What are you planning on doing today? i'll tell you i am going to work on this email that i'm going to put out with my shop i'm going to photograph some of my products for the shop i'm going to crochet some more mobiles working on a fluorescent one and eating wise i don't know what i'm going to do what are you guys going to eat for dinner what did you eat for breakfast um are your feet warm is it getting cold where you are is is your climate the one you've always wanted to live in or is it too hot for your taste? Is it too cold for your taste? Um, and, uh, do you like wall calendars or do you just like a day planner or do you just use it on the computer? No shame in that either. I want to hear it. I love you guys. I think that's all I have. Um, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Oh God, let's get through all of this together. Okay. Bye guys. You're the best.